Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where we can spin a web of any size. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beej. Do whatever a Beej can. That's not how that goes, but that's okay. Um, we are talking <laughs> about Marvel's Spider-Man today, because it's a really good game, and I've been having a ton of fun with it. And I got suckered into buying it because the internet was excited about it, and my nephew was coming over, and he loves superheroes, and I was like, eh, why not? Yeah, I didn't know that was the reason why you got it. It was. Everybody seemed so excited about it. I was like, I'm going to end up waiting until after my trip uh, this next week so I don't just get started on something that that I can't finish and that I really love. And then my eight-year-old nephew was coming over to spend the night with us on uh, release day on Friday night. So I just downloaded it overnight and played uh, played it and he watched some of it on Saturday and then I just I fell in with it. Uh, well, it's that... interesting because like this is the reason that you bought the ps4 it is this was the reason that i ended up deciding to buy the ps4 over anything else because this one being a playstation 4 exclusive it was honestly too good to uh too good to pass up that even if i could get a cheaper xbox one in the same games this one was the one that was like you know what i'm gonna want to play that yeah i i really like it i'm kind of obsessed at the moment and i'm just churning <laughs> through it super fast which you know because i've been texting yeah. you about like where i am in the game and um, it's crazy compared to where i am in it that you are so much further through this game than i am yeah and we'll probably be talking a little bit of spoilers here um i'm basically done with act two but i've done almost every side activity and you're still oh, somewhere wow. in Act 1, right? Yeah, I'm still in Act 1. I'm maybe like 15% through it at the whatever it tells you at the startup screen where I'm I'm just doing the side stuff as I come to it and just kind of like, I was going to say flying around, but swinging around and, and just kind of exploring. I'm sometimes not even doing anything, which is part of the reason why I haven't uh, got any further than I have is because I've been like playing with the civilians and uh, just like going back home and trying to figure out my way around just just having a good time with it letting it actually be open world well and this I'm like 85% on that thing that tells you how far you are in the game like I'm really far and it's because I keep doing the side stuff too because like I'm having so much fun just swinging around um, so we won't go full spoilers right away just in case you want to listen for a while we'll probably have to go spoilers before we talk about like story and characters because right. there's some spoilery stuff in there but even if you listen all the way to the end of the episode I'm only through act two so you're not going to get anything spoiled for endgame so we just want to put that up front um I also, up front, just wanted to talk about, like, my one complaint, because honestly, I'm very, very positive on this whole game. I'm confused. Like, so I see your note, and it seems like your complaint is actually the combat, which it blows my mind. It's not. So it's not that the combat is bad. Like, the combat is good, but it's almost like there's too much of it, and it might just because be because I've been doing so much of the side missions. And, I mean, it gets a little repetitive because you do some of the same tasks over and over, like when you do crime around the city. Um, yeah. But, like, I every time there's a side mission or, like, an extra mission or open world event and it's not combat, I have so much more fun than when it is combat. That being said, the first, like... 10 hours that i spent with this game i love the combat all the way through so yeah the combat that's where i am right now that i was just like how is the combat what you don't like about this game i'm bad at the combat i'm well, straight I was up terrible bad at, at it, it first too it's just that like you get to a point where it clicks with you and 
you work out a few sets of combos that like these just work for you and then you don't really right. have to think about it anymore because you can just like execute that over and over again um it's the same thing that you run into with any like third person action beat em up type game yeah it is so you know it's not like it's worse or than any other game in this genre it's just that something that i'm running into because i'm doing so many of the side activities and i guess the other thing is that it's kind of an iteration on like the batman combat it's not exactly like you can't go straight from like the arkham games into this and you know be completely proficient right away but there's no way that they didn't take ideas from that and pull them over and i had no idea that when going in on this like i didn't keep up with a lot of the development that was going on that i followed some of it but not not much and i didn't know insomniac made it and they did the arkham games and i'm like so i was expecting this to be arkham with spider-man that i i expected that just based on the trailers and then i see as it's loading up that it's insomniac and i'm like oh this is literally going to be arkham with spider-man and that's what it is though I think that Insomniac, aren't they Ratchet and Clank and Sunset Overdrive? Yeah, it's not. It's a different developer that did Arkham. But there's definitely like Arkham DNA that you feel as you're playing the game, just with some of the like reaction stuff and dodging. I mean, you know, when Batman, and I'm telling this more for the audience because you know, because you've been playing the game, but like in Batman, when you would have that like thing flash above your head and it never really made sense that he knew that like someone around him was about to attack, like that just doesn't fit with Batman's character. It makes perfect sense here because it's spider sense you know but it's that exact same mechanic of like knowing when to dodge out of the way of stuff except it feels way more important in this game because if you don't dodge and if you don't like stay moving and stay actively like kind of bouncing around the space you take a ton of damage as spider-man so much oh my goodness that you really do have to play like spider-man that he cannot take a hit and it is it's absurd because i that was my biggest complaint about the combat, especially starting out uh, before I got a lot of extra moves and, and combos and, and maneuvers. It was I spent more time dodging than hitting because it was like I had to weave the punches into all of the dodges that I was making. And eventually it got better than that, that I was able to string things together. But you still have to dodge a ton yeah, it gets better as you get more gadgets and you learn how to like incorporate those into your fighting. But then it also turns around and it gets worse again when enemies start to have like more reactions and like more ability to just yeah. dodge or like not even dodge, but just like some of your attacks won't work against them. You know, that kind of thing oh, yeah. where it gets a little bit yep. annoying. So it's some of that stuff later in the game that I felt. But honestly, like I want to get it out of the way because it's my only real complaint and it's a very minor one because I still like the combat. It's just that there's a lot of it. And after you understand it to a certain point, there's it's not as challenging anymore it's just like i have a bunch of go-to combos i can just do these and win so it's more about going through the motions and it's less about something else but again that's like 15 20 hours into the game i didn't feel it at all for the first like 10 ish 10 or 15 and the thing about the combat though is just like the arkham games made you feel like batman this feels like Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. That you're jumping around slinging stuff at people. It is it is very intuitive the way that they've done it. And you really do, hopping off of walls and bouncing around, feel like you're Spider-Man. It has that same sense of agility that you had, that same sense of, uh, honestly, brutality as Batman, where it was really, really visceral. This one is, is every bit as light as uh, Spider-Man should be. Yeah, it's so good. Like, it feels like Spider-Man, and 
you know, playing through this, it makes Batman feel less like Batman because like <laughs> looking back at those Arkham games, because there's no way to not compare it to those after you've played them because yeah, the can't. combat is so similar. But you look back at the Batman games and you're like, he didn't really feel like Batman. He felt a lot more like Spider-Man in those games. And now that you see it with a Spider-Man skin on it, it's like, oh, this is such a better fit for the whole thing. It is. And al- although I will say that for some reason, his powers initially uh, really rubbed me the wrong way because I was so used to him in Batman that I was like, why does Spider-Man do that? And like seeing through walls and things like that where uh, where you can use your uh, your spider sense doing that. Like, but Batman had a gadget that did that. And it took me just a little bit to to get through those similarities. Yeah. And it there are a lot less similarities in the rest of the game. It's really just the combat right, where it feels. Is. And so, like, moving away from combat, because like I said, it's not bad, it's solid, it's just after a while it gets repetitive, which happens in a lot of games of this genre. But, like, I am so impressed with the rest of this game. It's definitely in contention for my game of the year already, because... I'm I just like I love it and I keep going back to it and I'm having a ton of fun. We'll see how I feel once I finish it. I mean, I'm only through act 2, but like I said, I'm, you know, 85% completion. So I've seen a lot of the game. Um Do you expect to platinum trophy this? I might. I have to check. Like I haven't actually looked at what the trophies are outside of like glancing through a couple times and being like, "Oh, there's a couple like low-hanging fruit." And then I went and I got them yeah. right away. Um, oh, okay. We'll see once I actually like finish the main story how much is left, but I'm very tempted to try to platinum this, which would be only the third game that I've ever platinumed on PlayStation. It's a really good game, but like the traversal, that is the thing that like <sighs> oh, has been so making good. the game for me. Like just swinging around as Spider-Man has never felt so amazing. And everybody holds no. up like Spider-Man yeah, 2 as the game to beat, you know, for like that feeling. And this beats it easily. For me, open world games, like one of the make or break features is the traversal around the environment. If it's just fun to move around, that goes so far to making me care about an open world game. And it's one of the reasons that like, I care less and less about games like Grand Theft Auto, where it's like, you can steal a car and drive around, but they don't feel that good. Like, I hate the driving in the recent Grand Theft Auto games. And besides that, you're just on foot and you're running around really slowly. Um, yeah, and I don't like driving in games. That's something that vehicles in games are something that I tend to avoid almost universally. That in the Lego games, I never even played uh, what was the la- whatever the latest Batman Arkham game was that had the Batmobile in it. Never played it. The GTA games, like, I don't like driving in games unless i'm playing a racing game and so i'm really really glad that spider-man isn't on foot in this like i'm the same way that i I don't even like riding horses in games most of the time well yeah like so seeing this now it makes me realize that one of the reasons i didn't click with last year's assassin's creed you know origin so much is the traversal like it wasn't that interesting to just run across the desert or call your camel or your horse and just like right across the desert there wasn't anything of interest between the areas you know and the act of moving from point a to point b on its own wasn't fun and like in other assassin's creed games that i did like in the past there was a lot more like verticality a lot more up and down and a lot more just like things to do when you were moving between point a and point b and that's where spider-man just shines like swinging around you're constantly just doing little tweaks and like you pick up the ability to do tricks while you're swinging. So I do that all the time now, just subconsciously. Um, (laughs) But things like... See, I haven't picked that one up. I saw it and I was like, I'm going to get less damage from bullets before I start flipping. I'd get shot too much. You should do it because not only is it fun, but it also gives you a couple experience points every time you do a trick. 
And if you're like yeah. me and you just spend like hours swinging around the open world, <laughs> it adds up to a lot of experience points over time. Um, I bet it does. But like, there's something about I don't want to use the word visceral. That's overused. It it feels like Spider Man, which I yeah. can't say about like most other Spider Man games that I've played. And it has a real like it's not perfect physics it's you know comic book hero physics but it has the feel of like a pendulum swing when you're actually doing the swing so you have to think about like okay where approximately is this web attached above me and like when should I shoot the web to like get the pendulum going? Like, do I let myself build some downward momentum first and like let uh-huh. gravity speed me up? And then when you're making a corner around something, you kind of have to be like, how much of this web swing do I have left? Like, am I coming up in the trajectory? Yep. Am I going down? Um, and then you have a bunch of other things that you add on top of it through one of the trees that I think is just called like web slinging or something. It's web like slinging, that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Where. You can do things like you can just zip forward without like losing any uh, verticality. So if you need to make like quick adjustments or quick speed. And then there are other things where like if you launch yourself towards a rooftop, you can like do a point launch off of something to keep your momentum or like restart your momentum. It's it's so cool. And even if you like run into a building, which a lot of the time it feels (laughs) you feel dumb. But like I I don't smack into a building anymore. I did for the first few hours. But you can run straight up a building or you can wall run along the side of a building. And either way, it makes you feel so cool. And it feels so much like Spider-Man. You never feel dumb when you're playing. No. And when you hit the wall, which, which I mean, I do. A lot, but it doesn't really mess up where you're going because you're you, if you're holding R two when you hit the when you hit the building because you're swinging along, you automatically start running up the wall and then you can point launch off of the balcony or the eave and then you're swinging again once you st- go down and it's it's just very fluid where like you there's actually a parkour control is what it said in the tutorial it teaches you how to parkour around and it just feels like spider-man running around the city and the you talked about where the web was attached i didn't realize at first how much i took for granted in disney infinity when i was playing as spider-man because i love swinging around the city as spider-man and venom they were some of my absolute favorite favorite characters same for the lego games i didn't realize how much i took for granted that those webs don't attach to anything that this one has to have something to attach to for you to swing or you completely crash the uh, there is no magic web in the sky you're gonna hit a a rooftop or a crane or something or a tree or a or a light pole and you're going to swing off of that, you're not going to swing off of the sun like you do in a lot of other video games. Well, and you feel it like when you go to Central Park, too. Like, yeah. once you hit those trees, you, like, go way lower because you have to be attached to something above you. And you're right. It feels like there's a connection to the environment that's missing in a lot of other Spider-Man games that have been out there where it doesn't actually pay attention to what's around you. And this one, it does. Like if there's not the right stuff around you, you can't do that move, which sounds annoying. But when you're actually playing it, it never feels like a hindrance. It just makes it feel Mm -mm. more. I don't know. It just it feels fun. It feels fun to move around the environment because of it. Yeah. And I've never gotten angry, and and I get irritated at games really easily, and I've never gotten angry or irritated when all of a sudden I find myself in the middle of the street because I missed a web swing, because I didn't hit the button correctly. And it's like, oh, okay, jump and swing again. It was because it's fun to start off swinging too, because you see him be Spider-Man. 
and this game made me remember how much I love Spider-Man. Jennifer, oh, she's been making fun of me this week because I'm like, Jennifer, I love this. I love Spider-Man. She's like, you don't say. I didn't know that. It's like, I love Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And it's just, I apparently adore spider-man that's good though i mean i keep getting distracted swinging around like i will have the intention (laughs) to go from point a to point b and then i'll end up just like swinging like i'll see it and i'm like no i'm having fun and i'll just like swing past it a couple times and then like run along the side of a building and like zip around the corner and like swing around and i'll come back to it in a minute or two but like i legitimately am getting distracted because the traversal is so fun and that is like one of the biggest things in open world games for me is to make that traversal between point a and point b fun so I think this might be the best traversal in an open world game ever. Like in my estimation, you know, everybody else's mileage may vary, but this is probably my favorite at this point. Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything that is really better in terms of an open world game that maybe flying games like DCUO type stuff where you're flying around is it's but it's not as fun that's the thing you're flying which you can do fun things but it's it's not the same no and it's just like I never fast travel in this game and I fast travel all the time in open world games when I play them this is the first time that I have avoided fast travel on purpose like there are times where I'm on one side of the map And I have to go to the complete other side of the map in any other open world game. I would just open up that menu and fast travel right away. And I have only ever fast traveled five times in this because once you have to when they teach you about it in a tutorial and then four other times because there was an achievement to do it five times. And I haven't gone back to it at all because I just want to swing between point A and point B. I didn't know there was fast travel. I haven't hit the point where they teach you how to fast travel. So I'm just like, I'm swinging everywhere and never, never cared. I never even thought to try to hit the map and do anything. I'm like, set a waypoint for my apartment and swing. Ooh, a crime. And not only is like the just swinging around fun, but the exploration is fun too, which is always something that's huge for me. I mean, I know I was texting you that first night. Like, (laughs) I got every single one of the towers to like unlock all the areas of the map before I did anything else in the game as soon as they opened up and then I immediately went and I did every single backpack which is like the main collectible in this game and I think the backpacks might have been my favorite part of the open world of this game you know in all the side activities that they're they're wonderful the way the backpacks work y'all if you haven't played it is that around the city just in alleys and on ceilings and under bridges Spider-Man has webbed up 55 different backpacks that he was going somewhere and was eventually going to come back and collect. And you're going around and collecting them, and all of them have an item in them from that, that is just flavor text. You get a, a backpack token that you can use to spend on upgrades, but the best part about it is these flavor items that you... you it tells you you hit triangle when you open the backpack and there is maybe a 15 second voice description of what this item was like the menu from him and M- his and MJ's first date or a Spider-Man plushie prototype stuff like that is amazing to me that I will go and I will listen to every single one of those no matter what I love it and a lot of it is just like 
Easter eggs that hint back at because this is a different yep. version of Peter Parker, which we'll talk about in a yes. second. But that starts getting into spoilers, so we'll be vague here. Um, this is a different version of Peter Parker, who's a little bit older, and all of these collectibles in the backpacks hint at this particular Peter Parker's history. And it's kind of like a lot of it is things that you might know from comics or movies or like other Spider-Man properties. And you can see right. like, okay, this is how they're addressing it here to be like, okay, these things already happened. Um, but all of it kind of informed who this Peter was. And also they were just cool because if you know some of the Spider-Man lore, you'll see how some of these things matter above and beyond what the text says. Yeah, and that's really... I think that's why I love it so much is because I know so much about Spider-Man up to a point that I nerd out for the same reason that I nerd out about Parks and Rec and stuff like that feeling comfortable to me. This game feels comfortable because it's uh, it's something that's always been so close to my heart that I'm just like... that I forget how much I love Spider-Man like I'm not even kidding like I'll go for a long time and just be like hey Spider-Man is pretty cool and then like I'll read a comic or I see a game like this and it's just like oh no I love Spider-Man and these backpacks are just those kind of little nuggets that that really just stoke that nerd fire man well and it all ties back to like that older Peter which I think yeah it really resonates with me that they went with an older Peter Parker like I think I'm done with the high school version Every once in a while, there's an interesting take on it, but it's been done so many times by now. And this is what I felt when we talked about Spider-Man Homecoming, too. I was just ready for Peter Parker to be the older character instead of that younger character. Right. And I I understand that. Yeah, I think we'll get there in the MCU. But just like to jump in to the very beginning of this game and to already be there, like... Peter has been Spider-Man for, I think they said, eight years. Eight years. Yep. yep. And it's after college. Um, he's working. He's, like, out in the working world. But you can tell he's probably, like, late 20s-ish or, like, maybe mid-20s somewhere I would in say there. mid-20s. Like, just thinking about it, you know, 24, 25-ish yeah, maybe, depending on right. where they are. Uh, because of the way he's talking about with his relationships and jobs and apartments and just everything, it's definitely an early to mid-20s feel. Yeah, and he's already had the, da- the job at the Daily Bugle, and he was a photographer. And he gave that up for reasons that I don't want to spoil. Um, And then uh, he moved on and now he's a lab assistant. And so he's the scientist, Peter Parker, which is kind of what he is these days in the comics. I haven't caught up on the comics in like a year. But last time I checked in, he was that like scientist, Peter Parker. And this is the Peter that I love, too. It's a little earlier than the Peter I truly find the most entertaining. But he's not the like I like the high school science teacher kind of peter instead of the uh the like rich uh poor man's tony stark uh peter that uh that he is right now in the comics but this is leading up to that like he's still an ordinary dude who does science and it's it's so much better than having any kind of high school drama that this game is engaging because it's not that same spider-man story even though it's kind of retreading some of the tropes that you see um i know you've got some of it down below when we'll talk about it but it's stuff that I know, but I want to know how it unfolds in this universe. Yeah, that's a really good way to say it. And I want to start getting into spoilers soon. So I'm going to jump ahead and talk about something else. We'll come back to characters here in a second. Um, so there are really, really good accessibility options in this game, which is something that I've been looking at more and more. Uh, I watched Game Maker's Toolkit, and they've been doing a deep dive into like accessibility in video games and what that means and the way the different de- developers can approach it. So yeah. every time I start a new game now, I go and when I tweak the options, because I almost always turn on subtitles just because 
because sometimes right. I have a podcast in, sometimes my family's just all around and talking and I have like the volume way down. I always <laughs> yep. turn on subtitles right when I start a game. Always. So, Whenever I do that now, I go and I look at the other accessibility options and see, like, how well did the developer do this time for this particular game and this particular developer? This one did so well, and I was extremely impressed. And there were a couple things that I turned on just because I was like, that actually sounds like it would make the game more fun for me, even though I don't need it for accessibility. I just want it because it's a cool option. What did you do? Because I thought about putting a couple of them on, and now I can't remember what they were. Like, I looked through it, and I know that they were really cool, that they did a great job on it. Yeah, the ones I turned on were, um, instead of tapping square or a triangle or whatever, they're like button prompts for quick time events throughout the game. Um, there's an oh, option yeah. to hold instead of tap, and I always like that because I always feel like my wrist hurts after I, like, tap a button super fast for a long time. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I turned that on immediately, and then the other one that I turned on was giving you the ability to skip puzzles because I realized after the first, like, two, three hours that I was not enjoying the puzzles in this game. And once I saw Hmm. that you have the ability to auto-complete them in, like, a second, I was like, yep, I'm going to do that from now on. So I beat the first, I don't know, handful of puzzles on my own, and then I've just been skipping every other one, and it makes the game so much better for me. See, and I'm, I'm torn on that one because I like the puzzles right now, and I'm afraid that I'm going to get bored with them as eventually. As soon as you get bored with them, go into the menu and enable that option because it doesn't auto-skip them. It just means that anytime you hit one, it gives you the option to skip it if you want. Oh, okay. So it's not a you load it up and you automatically get no, finished with it and rewarded. When it gives you like all the buttons that you know do things in the puzzle, mm-hmm. it'll add another button at the bottom for R1 that gives you the option to skip it so you could go turn it on right now and it's not going to actually like hold you away from any content that's great because the reason i didn't turn it on is because i was like i like doing these there's just so many of them that i'm going to do them at least right now but that's that's awesome i had to give shout outs to the accessibility stuff because i ended up using some of it even though i don't need it i just thought it made the game better and then the other thing i wanted to talk about before we go all spoilers here is the quips really work for me in this game, which is oh, something yeah. with like different Spider-Man properties. It's hit and miss with me. Sometimes Spider-Man just feels like abrasive or annoying or too cheesy almost. And this one feels like it's the right balance of all of those things, you know, where it, it yeah. just lands in the perfect spot. Um, They're and- great. I, I've laughed at them that these are the quips are great, great, great. The only issue I've had with quips so far is that every once in a while I'll hear a repeated one. And that's. Un, you can't avoid that it's unavoidable but it was uh like a couple of times I've, I've heard the same thing over and over again in fights and i'm like yeah i'm tired of him saying is that. it because you were losing fights because i feel like i haven't heard anything repeated it's during the the random crime stuff oh it's, okay uh, there might during be something stuff like there. that like i'll be stopping drug deals over and over again and he'll say the same thing to every drug dealer Okay, you know, you're right. There's a couple in the open world activities like that I forgot about. Well, and there's there's a whole other thing where he does this bit where he calls himself Spider Cop for a couple <laughs> missions. I love Spider Cop. It was cheesy, but it was the right amount of cheesy where I was like laughing about it. It was so good. Yep. Like that one stuck out in my mind as like, I kind of want him to do more of that because I thought it was funny. 
I do too. I really hope Spider Cop comes back by the end of the game because when he was doing that and he was on the phone with one of his uh, contacts and he's doing Spider Cop and I'm just sitting here and she's like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't you do Spider Cop. He's like, Spider Cop's back. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I love Spider Cop so much. And it's just like, and then, then, oh, he didn't do Spider Cop anymore. So I'm really hoping Spider Spider Cop comes back. I love it. Yeah. Bring Spider Cop out of retirement. Um, So that's probably as far as we can go without spoilers. So here's your official spoiler warning uh again we're not going to spoil the end of the game because we don't know it yet but we just want to talk a little bit more in depth about the characters and some of the suits and stuff that, that are going on yeah so yeah really in terms of spoilers that's what it is because i'm not far into it to spoil much of anything yeah and you said that you didn't mind if i spoiled some no. of it for you right because you know no, spider-man no, know. more anyway so it's yeah. not going to be a surprise for you um so again this is the peter who's you know like mid-20s after college photography is a hobby now instead of a job and th- at some point he mentions something and i can't remember if it's part of the main story or if it's one of the things i just got from being around the open world but he says that like he gave up photography and working at the daily bugle because the pictures that he was taking of Spider-Man of himself were being used against him to make Spider-Man look negative. So he made a choice. And I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, it was one of the times I think maybe when I don't know if it's when you're learning about landmarks, which is one of the systems in the game where you uh, where you take pictures of of special places in New York. Oh, yeah. He says he's like, yeah, photography is more of a hobby now instead of a job. And I think he talks about that to himself a little bit. Yeah, where he's talking about that. Yeah. I like I liked that a lot because a lot of the stuff, the the hidden stuff, the uh, the extra, the Easter eggs, they cover that kind of personality that he's got. Like the uh, the Spider-Man plushie where he's like, yeah, this thing is awesome. And I couldn't license anything out and make money on it because, you know, secret identity to get paid. Yeah, so. no, it's good stuff. And then like the relationships in general are just so good. Like they feel like they have history to them. Um, yeah. You know, like Aunt May is decently fleshed out. Miles Morales, like you get to play as him a couple times. Oh, yeah. See, which... I haven't got to that point yet, but I just see Miles Morales in the notes here. And I had to, my first, I said, and so I wrote it down, hot diggity dog was my, I'm so excited about that. Yeah, and I won't tell you too much about what's going on with him because it ties into the main story. But he's in it. Okay, and, cool. Like he's. Like, he doesn't have a whole history with Peter, but you can definitely see how they're tying this Miles Morales into this Peter Parker and how it could build from here. Again, I haven't beaten the game, so I don't know where it ends. Um, But the two that I really wanted to talk about are Mary Jane and Doc Ock because they're so good. You said you want to talk about J. Jonah, though, right? Just real quick, like, J. Jonah was one of those characters who, I, I, you know, he's going to be there, and he's always going to be in Spider-Man in some way, and all and I, he may change over the course of the game and how you interact with him but right now he's one of those sensationalist uh i don't even want to say pundits he's a, a shock jock kind of podcaster kind of guy he's basically and, like alex jones if alex jones went to a podcast i think yeah, is what pretty i landed much. on like he's annoying and conspiracy theory and like that's kind of the feel they basically made him like an alt-right conspiracy theorist and in podcast form it's but it's it an interesting works. choice it works so well, even though that is so not something that I'm interested in, that I, that sometimes stuff like that will hit so way too close to home. And well, this it one, works because all of the conspiracy theories are about Spider-Man. They're not about our them. real world. 
nope, they're not about anything that even could pertain to the real world. And he gets calls in who people are just like, hey, I love Spider-Man so much. And he's like, why are you calling to my show? And stuff like that. And the last one that I heard, like this stuff will just come in on the radio. And the last one that I heard was it's him talking about. Did you not realize uh, that? It's like a podcast feed that Peter Parker has subscribed to. So he gets them oh. when there are new podcasts in the feed. And you can actually go in and unsubscribe from the J. Jonah Jameson podcast. Oh my God, I didn't. I didn't yeah. catch that as it was coming through. That's even better. That makes me so much happier now, too. That, uh, like, the last one he said he was responsible for Scorpion. That's the one that I'm excited to see what happens in the story because he talked about Max Gargan and how he, like, paid for Scorpion and financed this experiment to make this criminal. And I'm just like, to take out Spider Man, to be this anti Spider Man. I'm like, what? This guy's so crazy and I have to know more. Like, I just love where they're going with this particular iteration of him. Yeah. So he's, he's very interesting. Um, Doc Ock is handled so well in this game. So well. You've played 15%. So, I mean, we can, like, you know that he's working for Dr. Octavius. You know, they're doing research together. Like, what do you expect to happen? Well, I've gotten to the point where uh, you meet Norman Osborn. And so, uh, Peter, and uh, so I'm expecting it to play out kind of uh, Doc Ock goes out of the way, out of his way. He lost his funding and goes, you know, on his own to to work on it using the technology that he and Peter were working on. Things go terribly wrong and he kind of goes goes nuts or one of Peter's Spider-Man outfits was uh, left in there and somehow messed up the experiment and that's why he hates Spider-Man. Yeah, Uh, but you know that like Doc Ock is going to be in the game like as soon as you see him, you know and that's the thing is like if anyone knows Spider-Man as soon as you see Dr. Octavius and Peter's working for him, like the dramatic irony of the situation is handled so well. Just the fact that like we as the player know what's going to happen. Like he's going to be a supervillain at some point, but yep. Peter has no idea. And Dr. Octavius is like a really good guy for a big portion of the game. It's not yeah. until, and I'm not going to tell you exactly when it happens because it's right. actually some pretty cool story beats in there. But for a long part of the game, like he just has, you know, he wants to help humanity. He's working on his research. Peter's helping him. And you have this relationship that grows between them. And it's like every time that relationship gets tighter, it hurts more because you know at some point uh-huh. he's going to go super villain. Yeah, and that's why it works so well, like you said, because the moment... Okay, so the moment that you see him, and I mean, it's pretty traditional introduction at the beginning of the game where you see... Otto Octavius and he's got his arms on like he's running this experiment and he has these thing, this thing around his midsection and their arms coming off it's like you think that's like oh no he's about to do this and it doesn't happen and it turns out that you really start liking him and the acting the voice acting we haven't even touched on the voice acting in the game really but that's why all of this stuff works so well that the voice acting is just so well done that they have chemistry they cast so perfectly well, that and they mess with player expectations in such fun ways yeah that like when he st- when he was going through the lab just being able to explore and read notes and things like that that the way that doc ock has set up that particular laboratory is 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 just heartbreaking to see knowing what's going to happen 
Okay, so the other one I want to talk about was Mary Jane because I feel like uh, yeah. she's been handled really well, and I don't know if they're going to stick the landing because I have to go through Act 3 still, but up through where I've played has been really, really well done. So, like, they have a history of a relationship, and when the game starts, they've been broken up for six months, and they haven't talked in that time. And throughout the course of the game, like, they get back in contact, and she is an investigative reporter at the moment, and she knows that he's Spider-Man, and I love that. I love that, like, yes. they assume that eight years in, they had a relationship. Of course she knows that he's Spider-Man, right? Thank goodness. That's one of those things. Jennifer and I talk about this a lot in superhero movies in general, That especially Superman, that we want the heroes that we like to have the love interest and friends who already know yes. that they're the superhero because it's... it's it's uh, it, it's a false suspense to to wait on that at this point, and so for her to know already, and the moment that she sees him, goes, "Hey, Peter," as like he's full Spider-Man garb. Like for me, I was wearing a Scarlet Spider outfit, and it's just like, "Hey, Peter," I'm like, "Yay!" Yeah, it, just it that was, little it was thing good. was so good. It was so well done, and she gets her own gameplay segments, like these stealth gameplay segments. I don't know if you hit so any of them yet. It's so much fun. I don't like stealth. You have heard me talk about how much I don't like stealth, and this game with the web takedowns and Mary Jane has made me enjoy that, where I take the time to do it and really care and listen and look at my environment, and that doesn't happen for me in stealth games. I get really frustrated and die a lot because I push too far. Well, I and feel like those great. segments don't overstay their welcome, which is one of the things you could run into. I do wish that like, the true. accessibility options, they should probably give people the ability to skip them if they need to, um, but at least they don't last for super long. And one of the things that happens in their relationship, and this is beyond where you are, so I'll start keeping it vague again, but like they decide to become partners, but they don't really awesome. define what partners means to them. And um, when they are partners, there's one story mission where you control, you kind of go back and forth between Mary Jane and Spider-Man. And oh, when great. you are her, you have like an open connection to him through like a phone or a tablet or something. And you are doing the stealth section. But if you can manage to isolate people, you can call in Spider-Man to like take them out and like web them up. So oh, awesome. it's all about like changing the perspective on what you've been doing the whole game as a single player, because like you can do stealth as spider-man which we haven't even talked about but i have a lot of fun doing the spider-man stealth sections um but he has the ability to like if he's like hidden he can web people up kind of like what batman does in the arkham games but more fitting yeah. because it's spider-man and um it's just cool to see it from like on the ground perspective with her and having the ability to be like okay get him and then suddenly spider-man just takes him away i can't wait for that because I love doing it as Spider-Man. I like walking along the ceiling and shooting a web to distract somebody and then uh, just taking them down and tying them up and webbing them up. Uh, I have to be really careful on what button I press, though, because I'm kind of butterfingery sometimes. And the only time I've gotten killed so far in a stealth area is whenever I've tried to web somebody and instead I just leapt off of the roof and... Uh, like just got everyone shot up it was Whoops. it was not a good situation when i pressed the triangle instead of square <laughs> um and so one of the other things with them is that like when they decide to be partners like i said they don't really define it which sets them up for misunderstanding and my favorite interaction of the game so far is right after like that mission that i was talking about where 
he goes off and he fights like the big bad at the time um you know and she like helps some people escape and then after he defeats the bad guy he texts her something like it's over because like he beat him <gasps> and like the thing is oh. over and she takes it like we're done like he's trying to like break up with her again and it's just this misunderstanding over text message as he's spider-man swinging around the city and it it felt so real because it's the kind of thing where like tone doesn't carry over text and all of us have run into this at some point especially if you've been in a relationship so it's like trying to work your way out of a hole that you've dug yourself into via text message but you happen to be spider-man and you're in the process of swinging around the city while you're doing it like that was my favorite sequence of the game so far i'm i'm really impressed by them putting stuff like that in and with them doing it the way that they like when they're together and they're sitting around talking i don't know if the voice actors actually were in the same place when they recorded this because it's not common for that to happen but it feels like they are interacting with each other as opposed to just reading lines yeah it felt really well like this game just has high production values all across the board i think is one of the big things and it shows in stuff like that um the last thing that i want to talk about before we jump over to some wiki geekery and stuff are the suits in this game i love the choices that they made with suits they divided Mm -hmm. cosmetic and like attributes into two different things so when you unlock a new suit which you can do by getting like tokens or progressing the story or doing some certain achievements and beating some campaigns there's a lot of ways to get suits Um, but when you unlock a new suit you get the suit as a cosmetic item and you get the power that comes with that suit as an equipable like special power basically that can go into any suit exactly that is by far the best choice that they could have made because for me i want to fly around or i always keep saying fly around i want to swing around as the scarlet spider the red suit with the blue hoodie over it that is my all-time favorite spider-man suit and i was really disappointed actually to see it so early on in the game it's one of the starter suits you can buy uh once you get enough tokens because that means that the power is not going to be one that you want to stick with forever and so you'll have to upgrade and when i saw that you could replace the power of that suit with the better ones that uh come with different uh different suits i was like oh my god i can actually play this game the way i want to it's 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 perfect it's it's awesome yeah it's it's so good like and i normally don't care about cosmetics in games and it's because that they are linked to power levels because the kind of gamer that i am is when i'm playing a game if there's no argument that you know x is better than y because of all the stats i'm always going to choose x it doesn't matter what y looks like basically in a video game anyway um and i know there are a lot of people that aren't like that but that's the way that i treat it and so to separate the two of them i've actually able to enjoy the cosmetics in this game in a way that i don't know when the last time was that i actually just had fun like dressing up my character maybe mario odyssey mario yeah i was about to say mario odyssey you went all in on the hats and the outfits because again it didn't matter because it wasn't related to powers it was completely divorced for them so i just want more and more games to do this i mean um my go-to's at the moment i have a couple that i like to equip at night so there i don't even remember the names of them because my (laughs) spider-man lore is not as deep as yours but there's one that's like um all black and it has like a neon green spider on it that's some kind of stealth suit i really like that one for nighttime and then there's a really cool one that you get if you do the black cat missions and you finish those all the way you get one that's kind of like fashioned after her style which is cool and then um my go-to everyday one is just honestly i love the one that they made for this game it might be my white spider and everything on it 
I think they call it the white spider suit, like when they're talking about it in the context of the greater Spider-Man universe, just to differentiate it. But yeah. I love the suit that they made for this game. It looks so modern and interesting it in does. a way that like I haven't seen in a long time. And there are all these little touches to it too that like the shoes look like sneakers, like that you would run around in. And it's like all these little things throughout it that I'm like, this suit makes more sense to me than any of the other ones that I've ever seen. The only thing about that suit that I didn't like when I wear it is the the heels of it. I don't like the white spots on the heels. Like, it's just a little bit of it is white, and that distracts me when I'm swinging around because it's like that that particular detail is distracting to me. I you don't know why it is. You can the other 27 suits, and you have yep, plenty of exactly. options. I also wanted to mention that, like, the uh, my favorite, my go-to power at the moment, even though I keep switching the cosmetic suit, uh, as soon as I got the Spider-Bro, which unlocks with the Stark <laughs> suit, which is the one from the MCU, basically, the MCU suit okay. is in here. Um, as soon as I got that, that is the power that I keep, and I've kept that for the rest of the game. I just love that power so much. I gotta know what it is. It's basically, um, you know that little spider that, like, comes off of his chest in Spider-Man Homecoming and, like, flies yeah. around as a drone or whatever it is? Yeah. Um that has the ability to like electrocute people. So it just flies nice. off your chest and it just starts electrocuting people around you. And I just, it works really well for the way that I do combat. So I haven't taken it on it. Like I haven't unequipped it. That's awesome. Right now I use the web burst or something like that, that uh, the, that the classic Spider-Man comes with where you just jump up in the air and he webs everybody around you. Like it is a really fantastic get out of jail card uh, that lets you heal up and escape for just a second. So I, I have to tell you about one of the last suits that you get access to that you can unlock is the like classic comic Spider-Man suit, and it has some oh, kind of filter awesome. on it that makes it always look like it's it's not quite cell shaded, but it definitely has like that comic shading look to it. Uh-huh. And the power for that one is the power of quips. So your suit power is to just do a quip, and that is it. It doesn't do anything related to combat. It doesn't help you in any way. All it does is you can trigger it, and he'll do a quip. And it's so well done. It's so are fantastic. Are they fun quips? Like, are they unique quips to the suit? They are unique quips to the suit. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna die so many times. I know. As soon as I saw that, I had to tell you about it. So, oh, I'm going to die so much. I love Spider-Man. We've been talking about it for 45 minutes, which is way longer than we go for most main topics, but I had to talk about it. Any last thoughts from your end? I'm prepping to go out of town, and so I've been spending a lot of time, a lot of my spare time, even my, the time I'll be doing other things with my wife, and tonight I'm going to, to have to to start staying up late to really get myself used to uh, basically have the first day there of an all-nighter before I can really go to sleep because of jet lag. And talking about this has solidified that I'm going to be getting like three extra hours of Spider-Man tonight uh, in than I normally would, and maybe more than that, depending on if Jennifer wants to watch me do that while we're spending extra time together tonight. It's uh, I'm very... Very excited about this game, even more so than I was just being able to talk about it and kind of geek out about it. It's the exact opposite thing that happened from No Man's Sky back in the day when we did that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to keep playing this game. I'm going to beat it. I'm probably going to 100% it, and I might go for the platinum after I actually take a long, hard look at the trophies. Um, Right. Probably by the next time we record, which for you listening out there is going to be two episodes from now. We're double recording tonight, Uh, but I will have final thoughts about Spider-Man. I'm sure I will beat it 
uh, this weekend, if nothing else. But I'm sure you I might will. beat it this week. Like during the, week, I've been staying up a little bit later just to play it because it's so fun. Yeah, this is the kind of game that you stay up late to play or get up early to play before work. Yes, it's, exactly. It really is. Well said. Uh, with that, we should probably dive into our geeky offer of the week, which is Patreon. Why don't you tell the people about Patreon? Okay, guys, we have a Patreon set up. I know a lot of podcasts you listen to probably do this same spiel, but we're awesome and you love us. So if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and support the podcast and become a patron saint of geekery. You don't know what that means right now, but you will when you go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and this week we have a new patron who gets a real nice thank you who is nick edgar nick edgar you are awesome so thank you don't forget about the network either uh we love all the other shows on the network geek to this last week they had an episode about like kind of like what the deal is with comic skate which is the thing that's going on that i had no idea about so it was super interesting to listen to and then i heard about it when it started and it's one of those things that with their episode this week and the article that they linked in their show notes i was uh did not know that it had ex- like expanded into what it is now so it's a really good episode to listen to y'all yeah exactly like i just didn't have the background and they gave all the background knowledge and then talked it out which was super fascinating and then tea time with katie and chelsea they talked about like the worst book adaptations which i thought was really interesting after them talking about like good adaptations other weeks and in other shows with that it's probably time for weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week what do you have this week um so Playing Spider-Man may have had a part of it, but it's also because weeks ago we started re-watching, or well, I shouldn't say re-watching, getting back into the Netflix MCU stuff. So we finally finished up Jessica Jones Season 2, and I loved it. That I absolutely adored it. I can't remember if we talked about that on here, but I really, really liked where Season 2 went and a lot of the character stuff that they did. Uh, I really can't wait for Season 3. That's one that I'm, I'm really really excited to to watch and so i'm really glad that because of the way that we waited on it that luke cage season two is already out so we started uh, luke cage season two and it's i it's wonderful i forgot how well made luke cage is as a show and and puts harlem together as a community and we've only watched season one of it or episode one of it but it's i'm already drawn immediately back in that the acting on that one is is superb that i'd really forgotten how good that one was because i'd been away from it for a while and watched other shows and watched multiple other netflix mcu stuff Luke Cage season two starts off great for me with the way I look at uh, TV. So Jennifer had to work late the other night and she hadn't watched Daredevil. Uh, She didn't like the first season of Daredevil and bounced off. And uh, so I watched The Punisher by myself and I got to episode five of it. I'm about halfway through five and it's really well made as well. It is strange that it is not hyper-violent up to this point. I know it's going to get there, but the characters in this one, and it's it's such a, a, a thought piece on this show that I am I am continually impressed by what they've done on, with The Punisher. Did you ever watch it? Or... I tried. It was too slow for me. I couldn't get into it. it is. I, I, yep, it is. It's a slow show. It's not an action show. And I, I appreciate that because if it were a crank style action show, which it could be or hardcore Harry, I wouldn't like it. 
but I really love the way that they did this. So I'm excited to, to move through it. Uh, we just finished up watching The Good Place Season 2. So I know a lot of you guys who are listening to this, when I was talking about The Good Place before, started watching it because of me uh, raving about it. Season 2 is now on Netflix. So if you've missed that and you are waiting on Season 2, it is now out. And we finished it up. Uh, it was 12 episodes long. And we finished it up last night in prep for Season 3 coming out soon. And... I cannot state how smart and well-crafted this show is. That it it is so intricately put together that rewatching it is something that most like most shows. I like when we were talking about our rewatching show, or when we did our rewatching episode, we were talking about how a lot of times we rewatch TV, and it's so that it'll be on in the background. That it's something comforting occasionally, and like a lot of times we don't really uh, want to dig in on it. And rewatching The Good Place is like rewatching Lost for me. It's like I'm gonna find out new things that they put in that I missed the first time, and I'm actually probably gonna watch it a third time soon because it's so good. And I cannot wait for season three to come out. And we also found uh, just I want to throw this out there that uh, my wife started woodworking because of Clint Harp, uh, who was on Fixer Upper, uh, who made a lot of their wood stuff. And he got his own show called Woodwork on the DIY Network. And it just came out on Amazon for us to buy. I think it's a six episode season. Maybe it's like twelve dollars. But it's a really, really good show that is honestly entertaining. And you it, it tells you like what actually is involved in the woodworking and how you do stuff and how real you know professionals do this where it's not like this old house and it's not like a typical HGTV renovation show like it's really well done and we found it the other night and so if any of you guys listened to her woodworking episode on here and were interested in that go check out woodwork on uh, Amazon it's uh it's super cool like even I enjoy it, and I'm like I said in that episode, I I don't know much about that stuff at all. But even I enjoy watching that show. That's sweet. No, it's always good to find a new show that you didn't know that you liked, and then you can dive yeah. into it. Um, this week I didn't do much outside of Spider Man. Uh, before Spider Man <laughs> came out, I moved my Persona Five New Game Plus forward a little bit more. So oh. I had like just wrapped up one of the palaces, and I basically did all of the free time up to the next story event. So I pushed that a ways forward and it's still fun and I still love that game. Um, I'll keep going back to it whenever I have free time, but we're in release season now, so it might be a little bit. Um, And then I kept working on the Hearthstone puzzle mode that I know I mentioned a couple weeks ago. And I think I've kind of gotten my fill of it. Like I didn't beat it, but I got to the point where I was just starting to get annoyed and like, I yeah. I just didn't have the capacity to do the puzzles anymore. So the options were either like look up a guide or just like set this down. So I just set it down because I don't feel like doing that. Um, I did right. go back and play Overwatch for the first time in like a really long time this oh. last week. Just because like my brother was on and we were both on Discord. So I jumped on and we were playing together. So I tried out Hammond, which is the giant wrecking ball. That's hamster. wrecking ball, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And he was fun and interesting he's not for me like he's not a character that fits me but it was very interesting to see i really like two of the characters because like i'm four or five characters behind at this point since i last played oh really yeah so like i hadn't tried out most of the new ones the last one that i think was just about to come out when i stopped playing was and i don't even remember her name but she has like a shooty healy ray and like a shooty hurdy ray basically there's like a green Anna, and a the sniper no i played with her there's one that's more of is it like moira or something 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Moira, I forgot about her. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she has like yellow, a green healing Healy power and, and like uh, a purple hurting power, yeah. basically. So she's a shadow priest from Wow. Yeah, so I hadn't played her yet. So everybody that came out after her, um, so I ended up liking Bridget a lot. She kind of felt like a mini Reinhardt, which I really like Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. He's still one of my main characters that I play whenever I go back. So she I mean, felt she like, was Reinhardt. She was Reinhardt Squire. So. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, she feels like a mini Reinhardt, but then she has a bunch of extra support abilities that were really fun to play. So I like that. And then the one that I really fixated on, I don't even know her name. She's like the tank robot lady. What is it? Orissa. O-R-I-S-A. Yeah, Yeah, she is awesome. When you get good with her, she's a monster. So something about her being somewhere between like Reinhardt and a couple of the other characters that I've played and enjoyed over time. Um. I really clicked with her like she might turn into one of my other mains if I ever go back and seriously play Overwatch again a lot just because I had so much fun playing as her. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, I totally see you liking that one. She's one of my favorite ones. She's one of she's one of them that's in my rotation that depending on what I'm in the mood for that day, I'll go with Arissa. I haven't really got to spend a lot of time with Bridget yet because she was she came out just after I bounced off of it last time. And so I've done a few matches with her, but not terribly many. And I did some AI training with uh, with Wrecking Ball earlier because like Twitch or something gave me a couple of loot boxes for him. And it was uh, not my style. It was very unique. And I'm glad that they went way out of the box on him. Don't think I'll play him much. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, I had fun, and it made me remember like how much Overwatch is a really good, just kind of like backburner evergreen game. So it is. I might try to sneak in a couple more matches of it in between fall releases this year. We'll see. Yeah. Um, that's probably it for this week, though. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on our Slack and Discord servers, and you can go to discord.geek2geekcast.com or slack.geek2geekcast.com and hang out with us. And remember, like we said earlier, we're part of a podcast network, so just go on over to geek2geekcast.com and see all of our shows. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige and I blog at geekfitness.net. We've been Void and Beige with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Thwip, 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 Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. 
So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.